on today's episode of the Just Jazz podcast, we will be talking about the two and two week that the Jazz just had, the coming back of Michael J. Conley. Look ahead at our week coming up, the high note, low note of the week, and as always, our buzzer beat hot takes. Today's episode is brought to you by Deloitte. Shout out to Deloitte, who gives Max his employment. They are big sponsors for this week. All right, Max, here we go. Left-hand dribble, hands off the memo, for money, yes! Cash it in the bank! Runs it to Burks, catch and shoot three, no. Rebound, oh my! I gotta see that over and over again. Played by who? Mitchell. This is the Just Jazz podcast. Actually, it's just Jazz, your weekly podcast for Utah Jazz game analysis, news, rumors, predictions, undying love, and more. We're your hosts, Zach and, Zach and Max, actually not sponsored by Deloitte. I don't know if we can legally say that. Um, I do work for Deloitte, and Zach is about to start working for Deloitte as well. So they do give us financial stability to be able to have fun and record podcasts. And buy the no, don't, don't give that, because your, your microphone was bought by Deloitte. Okay, fair enough. So, hence, they are a sponsor. An unofficial sponsor. In a, they are indirectly sponsoring Just Jazz. Yeah. I'll biggest public or biggest uh, services, whatever it's called. Anyways, Zach, we have a lot to talk about, as always. A little bit of disappointment. One really awesome game. And another just so-so game, you know, we, anyway, we'll, get, we'll talk about it when we get to it. Uh, let's just, let's just break down some of the games real quick. I want to hear what you have to think before we do the high note, low note. Um, I, I'm really just curious about what you thought about that Trailblazers game. Cause that one was, I think that's just the, na- the game as a whole was a high note. So let's just start off by talking about the Trailblazers game. Yeah. So I actually went to two games this week. I went to the Blazers and I went to the Bucks game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a contest, right? Like, like that whole game, like we ended up winning by like 30 something, but like it was in the fifties, the whole, the whole game, like, like the score was a lot closer than how that game was. It was really, yeah. Final score, 123 to 85, but like we were up 50. It was like when Eli Hughes is in the opposing starting lineup two weeks after we traded him and he was the last guy on our bench. Like, you know, that team's not going to be good. Their starters put up 28 points total. Like bogey bogey had 27. Their starters had 28. It wasn't, it wasn't a contest the whole game. And, and it was good to see us have that game because we haven't had that game this year. We haven't blown a bad team out like that. Yeah. Their starter shot 
and 28.6%. Insane. And we outscored them by 18 points in the first quarter, 10 points in the second quarter, 19 points in the third quarter, and then they outscored us by nine points in the fourth quarter when we were not really doing much. So that was a really good game. Um, Bogey, you know, led 27 points. Royce O'Neal, that was one of his good rebounding games. He had double-digit rebounds with 10. And a good assist game from Donald Mitchell, which I believe is the key to our long-term and ongoing success. Like if Donald Mitchell can get assists, if he can get his teammates involved, that's what it takes to get the Jazz over the hump and into the a team that's defined as a contender, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so for my high note, and Max isn't going to like this. We've, we've gone back and forth for the, for the past couple weeks about this. But my high note is Mike Conley coming back, right? That, that game that we had last night was just incredible. Conley finished the game with 29 and 7 on 10 of 13 shooting, 6 of 9 from 3. Like, we haven't, we haven't seen Conley like that in months. Like, it's, like, probably January. At, at least, you know, at least since the All-Star break. So to see Conley get back to that level definitely is a high note for me. Fair enough. My high note was uh, swaggiest player in the NBA, Jordan Clarkson, dropping 45 points on the Kings. Um, I've stood up for JC all season long. I thought that the shots he was taking early on were, it was poor shot selection. I knew he was a lot better than he was performing. And a lot of people were begging the Jazz to trade him, were counting him out. And he finally put together, you know, I mean, he's put together some really good games already, but he finally put together a really standout game where he just really performed, really dominated. He had 45 points. Um, and that, you know, that's off the bench. 15 of 21, he shot 71.4%, 7 of 13 from three, made all eight of his free throws. And even had a steal and a block. Like he, he just played really well. He, you could tell he was fighting on both ends of the floor. Like for him to drop forty-five points and still be playing defense, that's a really big improvement as well. And so you know, shout out Jordan Clarkson, flamethrower. He went off and uh, outdueled De'Aaron Fox and won us that game for sure. So one thing I want to bring up about that um, is people are like, "Oh, Clarkson's having a bad year." Yada yada yada. Clarkson's Career average, 15.3 points. This year, 15.8. Assist career average, 2.5. This year, 2.3. Rebounds career, 3.3. This season, 3.3. From the free throw line, career, 82.9. This year, 84.8. Uh, effective field goal percentage, 50.7. This year, 50.1. Three-point percentage, career 39 point, or 33.9, sorry, this year, 32. Field goal percentage, 43.9, this year, 41.3. Like, Clarkson this year is the player he's always been. Like, this is who he's been. And, like, last year was an outlier. Well, even last year wasn't that much better. 
right? Like last year, like, yeah, he averaged 18 points a game, but he like more effective. I mean, his effective field goal percentage had to have been at least like two and a half to 3% higher. That was 50, 52.2 to 50.1 this year. Yeah, but so. like, right. We think, we think last year Clarkson as this guy that's just putting in these like absurd numbers every game and not having an off night. When in reality, that's not what happened. Like Clarkson, Clarkson was high and low. Like Clarkson started the year out great, but honestly, the second half of the year, Joe should have won sixth man over Clarkson because Clarkson was having a bad stretch, but we didn't, we didn't say anything. Like we didn't see it because we were the number one seed, but yeah, these things are coming up because we're not the number one seed anymore, but Clarkson is who Clarkson's always been. Yeah, that's true. But uh, you know, he finally had one of those games where it's like, okay, it's worth it to have someone like that on your team. Um, It it was a really exciting game. Um, My low note, my low note was Daniel house going down and out. I'm really worried. I I haven't heard much. Um, I'm worried that, his leg could be worse. I, I'm, it didn't look like it was that bad, but, you know, since the trade deadline and the Jazz, when the Jazz didn't get a wing defender, as we all hoped, but we knew wasn't very realistic, you know, I've been saying that maybe House was the best option we had. We got the best option. He's played really good. He shot really good, and he's played really tough defense. Um, you know, he, he's – He's someone that got dropped by teams. So obviously, he's not perfect, but uh, he's a great fit for the Jazz. But seeing him go down and out, that had me really worried. I'm, I'm really hoping that he's back in the lineup soon because he brings a lot of energy. Um, and if we're not going to play Pascal, we need House in that lineup. So, Tony Jones, and I, I didn't send this to our group message. Somebody else sent it to me. Um, but Tony Jones tweeted this out earlier today. It says, good news for the Jazz. Daniel House has been diagnosed with a left knee bone bruise. He is out tomorrow night, but the knee is structurally sound. So he's going to be okay. You know, he's going to be out a couple games, but he'll, he'll be good to go. It's, it's not something serious. That's good. Thank goodness we need him. But for me, the low note, it, it has to be, you know, back to that Bucks game because that's so fresh. You know, Donovan. Donovan – it's, it's the one part of his game that I will critique. And I think that that's, that's his next step. Donovan is so good in the clutch. Last five minutes, game within five. He is unbelievable in that time. He gets us to that point. However, it seems like the shot, he never hits. In the last minute, when we need a bucket, seems like Donovan never gets us that bucket. The, the four minutes before that, he's incredible. But that final minute in the actual clutch, he doesn't, he doesn't get it done for us. And, you know, that, that showed last night in Milwaukee when he got his pocket picked by Drew Holiday and then missed a wide-open three. Like, those were both very tough, tough to see him. You know, he'll, he'll be better. He'll, he'll work on that and, and he'll get it right. But yeah, that's gotta be my low note. 
I mean, Donovan Mitchell is 37.5% from field goal in the clutch, 22.2% from three, and 53.3% from free throw. Like, he's really not that – I mean, this year – I mean, last year, right here last year, he was 37%, 25 from three, and then 76.2 from the free throw. Like, early on, like, he was, like, the guy that we went to. And I still do think that Donovan Mitchell has the ability to be clutch. And for some reason, he's just struggling. But the Jazz are 15 and 19 in the clutch this year, which is, like, 22nd in the league. Yeah. Because, like, last year, I mean, maybe we didn't really ever play in the clutch. We didn't, we didn't play in the clutch. You know, we just blew teams out, so we never had the chance. But, like, we falter when there's adversity, at least this year. And, you know, that's obviously a reason for concern because when it comes to the playoffs, like, you're not going to be blowing out teams very often. They're usually going to be hard-fought battles up to the very end. And, I mean, when you're playing against teams with superstars like the Warriors and Steph Curry, um, if you're playing the Mavs, Doncic, like, you can't count those guys out. Like, these are people that you have to, you know, expect that they're going to bring their team back from 10 down in the last 10, like, five minutes of the game when the clutch is there, like, and we need to figure out how to perform the clutch or else, I mean, there's really no hope. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, 10 points in the last quarter against the Bucks, like we, that can't happen. That's, I mean, that's, that's a big thing, you know, is, is understanding, Hey, what, you know, what's, what's going to happen come playoff time. And, and one thing I want to talk about, you know, as, as we've done in the past couple episodes, you know, looking at playoff pictures is, you know, it's, it's the team that I've always said all year. I said, look out, right. It's, it's the golden state warriors. People are counting the warriors out and like all, all the hype I feel this year is going to Phoenix and it's going to Memphis because Memphis is the up and coming and Phoenix is um, Phoenix is the team that went to the finals last year. Like when Steph clay and Draymond have all played together they have five straight finals like those guys know how to win especially in playoffs and last night was the first time that Draymond's been uh, that he's played for 30 games Um, but you can see how much it affects their team last night Steph had 47 like Draymond is the unsung hero of that team. As long as they're big threes together, like it's, it's a wrap. Like I, I really think that's the team to beat in the West. And like when it comes down to it, right. Cause games are won by your top players. It come playoff time. Like the top players are going to determine it. It's your top two or three guys. And I, I can't pick three guys in the West that are beating the three Warriors. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, all health. We'll see if the Warriors have struggled to be healthy, but they've also struggled to integrate all the players on their team. Like, since Clay has come back, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, and Draymond's been out for a while. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not high on the Grizzlies. I think that they are good and they have a lot of energy. I think they can make some noise, but – they're young. They're, they're inexperienced. They need a few more years, but I think the Suns are definitely uh, the most dominant team. Um, but all it takes is Steph Curry getting red hot with Clay Thompson knocking shots down and Draymond playing lockdown defense to, to really blow up 
that team, that Suns team. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, what do you think, Zach? We've talked about it a little bit, but of all the playoff teams, let's let's rank them. Who would you like to see the most and who would you like to see the least? Let's just go down the list of the teams that you want to see most and then all the way down to the bottom. Um, okay, let's bring up – because I know you texted that the other day. I can go first. Yeah, I'm going to go first. I mean, so obviously with the playing games, it kind of depends. But obviously the team that I think would be the easiest, the Minnesota Timberwolves, would love to see them. That's not very likely. The next team I'd like to see is the Pelicans, also not very likely. And then after that, I think the team that we're most likely to see, the Dallas Mavericks, that's the next team I want to see. Um, obviously Denver and Clippers, you – with Denver and the LA Clippers, you just don't know because of their health, like if they're going to have their guys back. Um, but I would definitely take, you know, Denver, then the Clippers, and then sixth, I'd go Memphis. Seventh, I'd go the Warriors. I think we match up pretty well with the Warriors. Eight, the Lakers, because Russell Westbrook plays his best games of his life against the Jazz. I mean, the last time I want to face the Suns, I feel like they're, they just have our number. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to face them. So that's the one of the teams I like to, to face, easiest to, most difficult. Okay, so my list is actually quite different from you. I'm not surprised. So number one, still Minnesota. I think, you know, Minnesota, that's a four-game series. Uh, two, I'm putting Dallas. Uh, three, I'm putting Memphis. Um, four, Denver. Five, the Pelicans. Six, the Clippers. No, six, the Suns. You're an idiot. Seven, the Clippers. Eight, Lakers. Nine, Warriors. And and the reason the reason I'm going there. Okay, so to back up my argument, right? So the Suns don't have a way to change Rudy Gobert. DeAndre Ayton changes Rudy Gobert pretty good. But but DeAndre Ayton's going to play the full game. DeAndre Ayton doesn't really shoot threes, right? He's Most capable. And he has a mid-range. He, he has a mid-range, yes. Mid-range is a totally different story than stretching the floor to um, – but the Suns don't stretch the floor anyways. And that's that's the thing. Is... I mean, but they don't. Booker and Paul both shoot so much mid-range shots. Like, but then they can kick it out to Cam Johnson, you know, whoever's out there, Bridges, Jay Crowder. I mean, they have plenty of shooters. So so that's the thing is DeAndre Ayton this year has shot 15 threes. Um, 31 shots from 16 feet to the three-point line and 87 from 10 to 16 feet. So that's 120 shots that he's taken from 10 feet or further. He's taken 189 at the rim and 225 from three to 10 feet. So that's where the majority of his thing is. Rudy Gobert gets affected when you stretch him completely. And the teams that can do that completely are the Warriors the Lakers, the Clippers. Like those, those teams are pretty dangerous with, 
the Suns, they're playing Aiton and McGee the whole game. With the Grizzlies, they're playing Steven Adams for most of the game. Like, the Grizzlies, we beat the Grizzlies in five last year. Should have swept them. Both teams ran it back, basically. Like, I don't really see that being a, a tough matchup. But, like, in order for us to go far, you have to let Rudy Gobert play his game. And the problem is, is when Rudy's game gets altered, that's where we struggle. So I want to stay away from those teams. And so I think Dallas, Denver, and the Grizzlies are great matchups for us Be- and the Suns because they don't alter Rudy. Because if Rudy's out of a series like the Clippers did when they stretched him, series is over. There's nothing you can do. Rudy Gobert needs 10 field goal attempts a game. I'm sick and tired. Like, I don't get why we don't get in the ball. Can you please, like, please tell me why there is no way that we can get a seven foot one guy with like a seven, nine wingspan the ball? Because the problem is, right, you can't really give Rudy the ball and say, get me a bucket. Yes, but he gets hacked every single time. It's when he tries to force up these bad shots. Like, at least that's, that's, that's the problem, is that's where you see him doing that, right? I'm okay with Rudy getting 10 attempts if you're throwing the ball up high and you're saying dunk the ball. But there were so many times last night I saw him get the ball and like go up for a layup and he misses the layup. Like Rudy Gobert should never shoot a layup. He should dunk it on everyone. He should dunk it. Like Rudy Gobert has a standing reach that touches the rim. He should dunk the ball every single time. I agree. But that's, that's the problem. That's why we're not giving him the ball is because there are a lot of blown layups. If he were to dunk, yes, we'd get him the ball a lot more. But there's too many times where you get it to him in the post and he goes to lay it up. Well, we know that every time he gets the ball, the defense is going to collapse on him. Like, I just don't get why we can't get it to him. Let the defense collapse. Like, as soon as he touches it and then just kick it back out. Like, I mean, maybe that's just not in his skill set. He's not a very good passer yet, but – there's got to be a way that we keep him involved into the game because he, I mean, he shoots it. I mean, yeah, when he forces those shots, it's not very good, but I mean, he does perform very well on the clutch. He does, you know, when we run the plays that are meant to be run for him, I'm so sick and tired of seeing the jazz settle for these deep threes, these one-on-one ISO ball threes from like three to four feet beyond the arc when we could run the pick and roll. Yeah. I I really don't get like, I hate watching Donald Mitchell pull up for those deep threes when there's no need like there's three four five minutes left in the game like why don't we just keep scoring keep battling like we don't need to hug up these deep threes unless they're wide open and we've created them yep all right max let's talk about the down the stretch um sorry i need to i need to say i'm sick today like i have been down like a dog all day like i have not done anything so might be a little shorter of an episode today um, but this, you know, this next month, there's, there's less than a month now. Um, this week we have bowls at home tomorrow, Clippers Friday, Knicks on the road Sunday. We have a, we have a long road trip coming up and it's a very telling time. We have to keep the four seed as of now we're tied with dallas a game and a half 
above Denver and three games above Minnesota for the play-in. Like you, you gotta, you gotta win games. I, I know there's not a ton left, um, 14 games left, but you gotta win games. And it's going to be tough. Um, the rest of the month, we have how many games? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have nine games, and seven of those are against playoff teams. The two teams that we play that aren't playoff teams are the Knicks and the Hornets. I don't, the Hornets aren't playoff this year, right? They're not even playing. Because I know the Knicks were sitting around like 12. Either way, you know, we got Chicago Bulls. Hornets, Hornets are 10, but Knicks are 12, yeah. Yeah. So I guess they're borderline playing. One, one, one non-playing team. That's the yeah, so one non-playing play team um, and a few teams that are like considered, you know, top tier teams in the league. You know, we got the Nets, we got the Red Hot Celtics, we got the unpredictable Clippers and Lakers. We got who were battling between fourth and fifth within the um, Dallas Mavericks. So, you know, we got some potentially defining games and we really have to make a statement. We can't blow any more leads. We got to close out these, these tight games. Or else we're going to be sitting in, uh, you know, we're going to lose that home court advantage and we're going to lose a big opportunity to have a, a more comfortable first round in the playoffs. Yeah. So of the 16 games left, 13 of those are against play in teams, at least. So, like, you, you got to, you got to, you got to wake up, right? Because there's, there's a lot that can happen, right? You're, you're only three games ahead of, of um, the Timberwolves, right? Like you do have the advantage. You have you won that series three one, but like, or is that two one? Do we play them again? No, it's three one. Um, like, if you make it to that, there's a chance you go Clippers Lakers. Like, if if you're playing, like those are not good. Like, win if you win. If you're 10 and six, then you're okay, right? But anything below that, you really got to start thinking. All these teams are winning. Like all these teams are, are amping up for the playoffs. So let's go into it. Buzzer beating hot takes. My take last week was 4-0. Didn't happen. Two and two. Can't remember my buzzer beating hot take. Was it threes? Was it Rudy Gobert? It was threes. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> I wanted to say threes. I can't remember if that was the last one or not. Anyways, let's just forget mine for now. What's your buzzer being hot take, Zach? Um, let's say four now. It's jinxing us. Yeah, I'm not going there. I'm going to go with the Bulls game. I I think... You know, I want to see Donovan. That's that's my buzzer-beaten hot take. Is I want to see Donovan have a game, right? We haven't we haven't seen that from Don in forever, where he just takes over a game, and yeah. and like is just clearly like he had twenty nine points last night, but like his shot wasn't falling. I want to see a game where I'm like, holy crap, Donovan Mitchell is the man. So that's my buzzer beating hot take is Don's going to have a game this week where we go, this man is great. 
let's hope so. We need it from him. We really need, you know, his leadership. We need his momentum going into the playoffs because we can't do it without him. Um, my buzzer being hot take is going to be with the Clippers. Uh, people still, all they can talk about, I feel like, to me, about the Jazz is about them losing to the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. Um, so, yeah, I, I really want to see a, just a, that's going to be the game where hopefully House comes back. And I just want to see a hard-fought uh, defensive domination of a game. I want to see the Jazz keep the Clippers to under 96 points and just blow them out, score 115 or more, and, you know, just really control the game, not because they're shooting great from three, but because they played some hard-nosed defense and really controlled the tempo of the game. I like it. Yeah, I think the Clipper, you know, we got to bounce back from the Clippers um, and have that. Okay, so just real quick, uh, before we wrap up, I have the T-Wolves schedule up. And let me tell you, they have a gauntlet of a schedule to end the month. They've, they've had a very easy month. They've gone Thunder, Blazers, Blazers, Thunder, Magic, Heat, Spurs but they end the month tomorrow they go lakers bucks mavs suns mavs celtics raptors like <laughs> that is a gauntlet of a schedule and so i you know i think there's a there's a lot to be said there i think you know top six is pretty safe i'd like to say um yeah i'm also worried about Minnesota, obviously, um, or honestly, I, I think it's Denver and Dallas you really have to worry about. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of, you know, what, what happens here in the next, um, next little bit. But we're okay, right? Like, this is a playoff. This is a playoff year. Regular season doesn't really matter. You want to get favorable matchups. You want to stay, you know, four or five. Um, and and then make some noise there or you know if you do happen to slip to six you need it to be memphis golden state round one that's tough that's that's really tough but if you could get memphis if you do fall to six but i don't think so you know i think we stay at um at the uh at the four or five spot and there is hope there is promise because donovan mitchell always turns it on in the playoffs he always goes red hot uh, I can't really think – I mean, Donovan Mitchell plays well in the playoffs. He's very good. I can't think of many games or any games off the top of my head where he's really just performed badly, uh, maybe has off nights. But he's a great player in the playoffs. And we just really need him to get the other guys get involved. We need the other guys to hit their shots and play tough defense. Um, we can count on Don, and we just need the other guys to do their job. And the Jazz – They've got it. They have some flaws. They've they've stumbled a bit, but I'm pretty optimistic that you know the Jazz are still a very good team. They're the number one seed last year. They're a top team in the West this year, um, mostly because of some very ugly losses to poor teams. But they play against better teams at a, a much more efficient, much more aggressive rate. And I think that there's no reason to count the Jazz out. They're not solidified contenders, but they're they're capable. Yeah, I mean, so Don, his bad playoff games have been – I mean, Clippers game six wasn't great. He shot 30%, 31% from the field, 28% from three. 
but he did have 21, five and five um, ended the game as a plus minus zero. And then Clippers game or Nuggets game seven, he had 22 points, but had nine turnovers in that game. Jeez. But, you know, he hasn't scored under 20 in a playoff game since game five against Houston, where he scored 12 points 2019. So, like, Don, Don turns it up. He has in the last two years. So, we're fine. Take freaking note. Take freaking note, people. This is the just It's kind of sad. What? I dread, I dread this time of year when the, the countdown, you know, when time's ticking. I mean, playoffs are fun, and then all of a sudden it's over, and then no ball for, like, three months. It's brutal. I'm, I'm stressed about health, right? Yes. These, these last 16 games suck. Well, we kind of talked about it. It's like, do the Jazz – so they, they have less ga- – or they have more games to play than a lot of the Western Conference playoff teams, such as the Mavs, uh, Golden State, Phoenix, Memphis. So – do we fight for a playoff spot or do we take it easy and continue to rest guys so that they can go into the playoffs healthy? I mean, got house out right now. I mean, that's not necessarily like playing overplaying, but like we can't have guys go out. We need them healthy. So what do we do? Okay. So right now Phoenix has 13 games left. Memphis has 12 games left. Golden State has 13 games left. We have 14 left. Dallas has 14 left. And Denver has 13 left. Right? So you got to you got to win. You still have to win, right? You can't you can't afford to sit guys. But, you know, I, I don't mind extending this rotation a little bit. I, you know. Get Pascal minutes, dang it. Get Jared Butler time, people. I've been, I've been yelling it from the stands all year. I have booed Trent Forrest every game because Jared Butler is the answer. All right. That's all we got for you today. Take freaking note, people.